Uh, just another boring day. Just another, just nothing happening today. Just, yeah, I kind of. No news. I kind of just had a regular day where nothing happened. What about you? I also had a regular day where nothing interesting happened. We didn't do anything together. We didn't have anything fun happen personally. We didn't have anything, just no good news. Mm -hmm. No bad news, but no good news. Just kind of like. Kind of a nothing burger. Nothing burger. Psych! It was a crazy day. Insane day. And if you're listening to this, Podcast to Burn, welcome back for another week. Ethan and Rachel coming at you. Here we are. <laughs> then, well, you're living in a post-Evermore world. Yeah, right now we're... We are not. <laughs> we're not. We're waiting on it. We are recording this on Thursday, December 10th, 2020, one day before the release, the day of the announcement of the ninth Taylor Swift studio album <laughs> Evermore. It's crazy. I'm freaking out. I'm fucking freaking my shit out. But listen, <laughs> we do have, we have like a, a topic at hand. We have a topic at, ha- at hand, but we have a lot to talk about about Evermore. <laughs> yeah, which I obviously we're excited. You guys are listening to it or I, I don't want to do a ton of speculation because yeah. it, what's the point you guys are listening to this yeah. in a world where you can also listen to evermore yeah you know? I hope by the time you're listening to this you've already listened to evermore. and if you haven't finished this listen to it again listen to our back catalog and then get to listening to evermore well yeah but w- we we did plan <clears throat> on talking about Taylor Swift's um, most recent concert film, Folklore, colon, The Long Pond Studio Sessions, today. Obviously, with the imminent evermore upon us, we need to at least talk about it a little bit, which we will do near the end of the episode. We're going to take at least the first half to talk about the Disney Plus special. We're going to talk about that first? Yeah, we have to. Oh. We got to get this is the this is the dinner and then we'll get to dessert because Evermore is the dessert and mm-hmm. Rachel just had a little bit of dessert and so I know how she likes to have dessert first. We haven't had supper yet. We haven't had supper but she was eating I ice had, cream and me too. I had some Jenny's ice cream and it was um goat cheese and red berries. Highly highly recommend. Delicious. Hey, we earned it guys. We just got finished taking our engagement pictures. We took our engagement pictures today and let me just say Today, December 10th, tomorrow, December 11th, is one year out from our wedding. I mean, you know, if we're, I was going to say God willing, world willing, if, if we can have a gathering of a hundred or so people a year from now, we're having our wedding a year from tomorrow. If not, we're not. But, um. A la willing. (laughs) Buddha willing. Taylor Swift willing. We Ugh. just think, I just think it's a good omen, though. I think her releasing an album on the day, well, not the day, but the the day of our wedding, a year before our wedding's supposed to happen, like, that seems like good. It's it it's a good way to start that year period. Yeah. Leading up to our wedding. Yeah. I really can't think of a better way to start it. Take engagement pictures today. Taylor Swift album tomorrow. Shout out Kylie if you're listening to this. We love you. We had so much fun. We can't wait to see the pictures. 
Um, Kylie's our photographer, if you guys were wondering. And Rachel's surprising one of her friends tomorrow. Who could it be? Who could Don't, it be? Don't, Ethan. If you're one of Rachel's friends, look out your window. Is Rachel there? Uh, I don't know. Might be. Boo. The, the Long Pond Studio Sessions were um, recorded at uh, Long Pond Studio in upstate New York in September 2020. Uh, it w- basically consists of the whole thing is just Taylor Swift, um, Jack Antonoff, and Aaron Desner. And for, for his song, um, Justin Vernon... Uh, recording remotely, um, playing through the album, all 17 tracks, the 16 album tracks, and the um, bonus track, all played live in studio. Um, It's directed by Taylor Swift. Uh, 106 minutes long. It was released November 25th, 2020. We just watched it this last week for the first time, and... um, I don't think it's quite as um, I I don't know if we've ever really just talked about concert films. Mm-hmm. I do not like them. Oh, interesting. I, I find them so boring. I think that this one in particular I liked because it was different. Yes, I was going to say that. Oh, okay. Right. Um, but I guess I kind of agree with you normally. I, I think that this is something, like, really good to just kind of have on in the background. Yeah, definitely. It's very vibey. Yeah. The, the studio is, like, so beautiful, and the area around them seems very, like, serene. And it's just a good thing to have on, you know? Yeah. And then you get to hear, you know, slightly stripped-back versions of these wonderful, wonderful songs. Which we'll get into it, but I think across the board they're all pretty, pretty great, you know. Yeah. Whereas, like when we watched the Reputation Stadium tour movie, it was just like those songs. I, I really think sound even worse under like when you're trying to add in things for your live band to do during like ready for it or whatever and you're having a guy do like live drums yeah i think so too so i i think that howie is trying to get something under the couch i bet his chicken legs under there let's go see is a back scratcher in here I have, I have retrieved the chicken leg. Oh, that's sweet. He didn't even. I uh, threw it and he didn't even notice. Howie's best friend is a tiny stuffed chicken leg with a face on yeah. it. Um, and he plays fetch with it a lot of the time, which is just, yeah, just, just the best. Absolutely the sweetest thing. So let's get into the actual movie. Um, it starts with some home videos. Uh, the The main one that is being shown is Taylor. In her in a bedroom, I'm guessing one of many, whatever. Uh, like fifty bedrooms. She, she has she's in she's in L. A. And uh, you can see her cats behind her, and it's May twenty first. She's recording some songs that seem to be morphing into a new album. She says, yeah. and um, that kind of is the lead up to 
the three collaborators sitting outside of the studio, sitting by the fire, drinking on some some wine. At least that's what Taylor has, clutching her wine. <laughs> um, and uh, they're just kind of talking about, like, the album rollout, and Taylor says that she didn't tell the label until the the week before the release and that she was really worried with how they were going to react. I think mostly because there's not really a big single and there's no sort of pop hits on it. Yeah. Um, but of course they were like, oh my God, you have an album, put it out. You know, we love you, Queen. Yeah. And so I'm sure she was very relieved. She's wearing a plaid flannel dress and a big old coat. Only the plaid, yeah. the plaid flannel inside. We can only tell about the plaid flannel inside. But outside she is wearing a big coat. She looks really cute in the big coat. We're not a big fan of the, the flannel dress. It's too much. She's leaning too hard into it. She, she really commits to her phases. And sometimes it's just a little bit much. Yeah. Um, I, I, I She looks good in it. She has amazing legs. I wrote that down. I was like, is this objectifying her? And then I was like, eh, whatever. Um, <laughs> her skin looks so good. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, to be rich. And we talked about it a little bit, but I, I really like how her hair is looking with the curly bangs. Yeah, I think sometimes it looks good like that, and then sometimes it looks just a bit off, but whatever. So we can we can get into, you know, the track list is the track list of the album. So it's not like a typical concert film where we're going to be like, oh, you know, she played all too well, or I wish she would have played, like, the best day or whatever, you know. Yeah. So it's it's just those songs, and I just thought we could... I mean, did you really have anything that you wanted to say about individual songs? No, not really. I'll, I'll just... I'll go through and say some of the stuff that I wrote down. And, and during these, it, it seems like pretty much every song, Jack and Aaron are both performing... Um, Jack is on mostly guitar and, and piano and, or like on a keyboard. And then Aaron is on piano mostly, but on guitar a couple times, she sounds just like she does on the record. Like so spot on. Yeah. She sounds really good. Um, during the, after the recording of Cardigan, she says, she looks at Jack and Aaron and says, this is a real damn blast. <laughs> Which I, I thought was good. She They seem like they're having fun, you know. And they're talking a lot about, like, quarantine and the, the pandemic and just kind of, you know, being creative during it and uh, their process. Um, during the uh, little lead-in to Last Great American Dynasty, I thought it was interesting. Taylor said that she had wanted to write a track about Rebecca Harkness since 2013. Um I also think that that song sounds really great with live drums and, like, an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um, during Exile, we get the big reveal that co-writer William Bowery is um, Joe. Joe Alwyn, Taylor Swift's beau. Um, I guess that, well, Jack is very funnily being like, William Bowery, you know, we never met. And Taylor's like, okay, Jack, you can drop the bit, you know. (laughs) 
But she she says that Joe Alwyn um, like wrote the piano line for it and uh, had like basically the first verse, you know, together. Yeah. And that That's they. It's crazy that he like. It's awesome. Talented. Yeah. Like I mean, he's an actor, obviously, but it's interesting that he actually has talent in yeah. songwriting too. Um, I guess that this was a song that you know she was working on with. Aaron and she was hoping she said she never actually asked like do you think that Justin Vernon would be interested she she had really hoped that maybe Aaron would kind of bring it up but I think she did say you know I I want um part of this to like stay in a male voice and Aaron suggested Justin um how he is trying to figure out where his chicken bone is. Is he going to be able to figure it out? Smart boy. I got his chicken leg for him. Good boy. <laughs> um, and Justin ended up writing the bridge, and then we get a little performance of the song with Justin coming in from Wisconsin. Uh, Rachel kept saying that he looked really good, even though he has like a full <laughs> face mask and big hat on. I thought on. he looked, like, hot in it. You could, like, only see a slit of skin around his <laughs> eyes. I don't know. I thought something about that was, like, attractive to me. Um, oh, Ethan just threw the chicken leg and hit the fan. And the fan hit it in a different direction. <laughs> um, when Ethan, or not Ethan, when Justin came on and was wearing the mask, and he was, like, in the studio by himself. Ethan said, I wonder if he needs to be wearing that. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny, because I was like, I wonder if he does. I mean, probably. Well, I thought maybe he was just kind of doing, like, a quarantine bit, you know? Yeah. Maybe, I mean, he's he's known for being just, like, a laugh riot. Justin Vernon. Yeah. All his friends say they're always <laughs> cracking up when they're around him. Yeah. I, I like the version of Exile better than the album version Hmm. because I think that one of the big complaints, like when I listened to Pitchfork talk about the album, you know, they were like, this is by far the worst track. It's the one that you can tell was made over email. And I, I don't agree, but I do think that when they're doing this performance, they're able to like play off each other a little bit. Yeah. And it sounds more, a little more lively, I guess. Um, that's probably the only one that I prefer to the album version. Um, then we get a little bit about uh, My Tears Ricochet, and Jack is saying he loves it so much because, you know, Taylor Swift songs kind of tend to take either a super focused, like hyper focused on a little, like a moment, you know, yeah. or like something that happened to her very. Um, or they kind of try to, like, pull back and make, like, a point about something larger. Yeah. And Jack says he likes how pulled back this one is, and he says that it's very powerful to me. And I, I thought that's sweet. That was one thing that we t- were talking about while we were watching it. Just, like, Aaron Desner, I know it's, you know, earlier in their working relationship, so it's probably natural for them to be a little bit more awkward around them, but he, he seems like a very awkward guy. Definitely. And, he speaks like a cartoon character. His and, voice sounds like a cartoon. And I'm not saying he's I he 
he obviously is very talented, but he seems very kind of like reserved. And at one point he talks about, uh, you know, being depressed. And I mean, obviously he fucking makes I mean, the national obviously. music. But uh, I mean, who among us? It It's really sweet watching uh, Jack with her because he just seems so like he's enamored by her he's very he seems like a huge fan yeah you know you can tell that they're like good friends and have like a good banter and relationship and also he like really admires her yeah it's just very sweet you know and and Jack is a sweetie he is so sweet and Aaron just seems you know he is awkward and you know not a totally unendearing way but he just it seems much more professional when they're talking yeah you know um then we get a little bit about uh mirrorball and how she kind of wrote it in tandem with this is me trying and um i i liked that she said you know it is a song about like celebrity or whatever but she yeah. was like I don't think that people have to listen to it like that because everyone needs to be, every person has other people in their life that they need to kind of be on for, you know? Yeah. And they, like, act differently around, and I was like, yeah, I like that read of it, you know? Um, When they're talking about the song Seven, Taylor talks about how bad she wants to throw tantrums when she's in the grocery store. (laughs) Uh, she says she's she'll see a kid doing that and she'll be like, hey, I get it. I wish I could do that too. And I was like, she doesn't go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe when uh, her assistant says like, oh, you know, when I was going to pick up coconut milk, I saw this kid throwing a tantrum. And Taylor imagines it. And she's like, Taylor oh, says, I wish I could do that. Oh, that's interesting. I actually said um, cashew milk. <laughs> so... So, Maybe make so, another trip. Hope no kids are crying this Anyways, time. Anyways, <laughs> um, we get a little bit of insight into uh, the teen romance trilogy, uh, mostly when they're talking about August. And Taylor says that uh, she wrote Cardigan thinking of it from Betty's perspective like 20 years later in her life. Mm-mm. And she is with James. And in the context of August, she's like, you know, I have this character of this other girl who I've been calling Augusta or maybe Augustine. And I tried really hard to convey that she's like not a bad person. And and I think from the song, you don't think that, you know, I I, I think that even from Betty, I mean, we've talked about this, but like, yeah. James doesn't come across as a bad person either. You get all of their perspectives and, you know, so. Yeah, and they all come off as very, as sympathetic as you can be, I think. They definitely, yeah. In that situation. Definitely come off as as sympathetic. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's a good songwriting. It's good songwriting. (laughs) It's a a good songwriting. And she said, speaking of a good songwriting, she said that (laughs) when she started, there was just like the whole idea for this song and i think that whole love triangle was that she just wanted to work the lyric meet me behind the mall into a song that was like her main goal with those yeah i like Like, that lyric yeah i mean it is it's great lyric i just wouldn't have guessed that that was like the synthesis point for all this you know i wouldn't have either pretty crazy 
This is me trying. She talks a lot about writing from thinking about um, someone with mental illness or addiction. That made me laugh. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Okay. I don't know that there's anything to say about that other than I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. She was thinking about Rachel when she wrote This Is Me Trying. I have addiction to (laughs) shopping online. (laughs) Alyssa Fairs is next, and this is kind of when she talks about the album and her writing process sort of shifting away from the autobiographical for this album. And, you know, I think she said... Something along the lines of, like, previously I thought that I kind of had to have that angle to my music to where people were, it was almost like reading a tabloid, you know? People got some, like, insight into my life that Mm -hmm. they didn't have before and that that was, like, a necessary sort of hook to have to keep people listening. And, you know... I'm not even saying I'm actually a little bit surprised that she said this for illicit affairs. I would have thought maybe she would have put it on like this is me trying, you know, because yeah. illicit affairs. I don't know, girly. I think maybe you've you've had at least a smidge of experience in that department. I, I'm not saying anything. I don't know. I think so, too. But, um, yeah, I, I I liked hearing her say that. And I think um as we'll get into in the back half of the episode, I think there's more to come on that front. A lot more. I think she's kind of in a mode now where it's autobiographical songs are going to be more and more rare. I think so too. Um, We get um, invisible string. Uh, Aaron Desner says he, he wrote the music for this and sent it to Taylor and she was writing the lyrics right after she sent an ex a baby gift. And I wondered why she phrased it that way. And then I kind of realized, I bet if she said, you know, and I had just sent Joe Jonas a baby gift, he'd Mm -hmm. be like, okay, (laughs) who's Joe Joe Jonas? And like, what's what, why is this relevant? Yeah. Why (laughs) did you send it? Probably would have gotten it. You think? Because he knows the lyrics to the song. I mean. Yeah, but she doesn't say Joe Jonas in the song. Yeah, but she says, Cold was the steel of my axe to grind for the boys who broke my heart. Oh, so now he would have. Now in their baby's presence. He would have been able to be like, that's the X. That's one of the boys who broke her heart. Great, gotcha. He would have been able to infer that. We then talk about a mad woman a little bit. Um. Taylor says that when she heard the instrumental, she thought, she had this thought, how do I make this about female rage? (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought is a funny thing to think. I think the song is very successful on that front. I think so, too. I like the use of the word female instead of... yeah, I'm always I'm always calling women that like I see out on the street females, and Rachel doesn't like that. <laughs> I say, you know, that. I don't these, like that. Though. These females be acting acting up. These females ain't loyal. <laughs> yeah, um, she she doesn't say scooter, but she heavily implies. She says like you know there's there was someone in my life that was trying to tell me that a thing went a certain way that I know it 
I didn't go that way and that I wasn't doing what this person was doing. Um, she uses the very buzzy word gaslighting, which, hey, um, I Scooter, that's what you Gas did, buddy. Denier. We also get, speaking of gaslighting, I could have sworn this song had the word fuck in it, <laughs> but I don't hear it when I watch the Disney Plus special. wonder why that is. Because they put the word shit in there. Yeah, I guess shit is, it, fuck is just one line too far. I guess so. I don't know. Um, a little bit about Epiphany. She said she wanted to tell a sports story because she had just watched The Last Dance. I've never seen that. Uh, it's the uh, Michael Jordan documentary that came out this year. Oh. Which it seems like pretty much everyone has seen it but us. Even we people that don't it. like sports. No. I want to watch it. Okay. Rachel can watch it. I'm going to continue watching. I'm going to watch it while I take a bath. Not tonight, though. I'm going to continue watching YouTube videos about tree cutting fails. Sick, babe. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Betty, <laughs> Betty, she said she heard Joe singing the chorus in another room. And she, she like went in and she was like, uh, sweetheart, (laughs) William, (laughs) time to write. There's another song where we get our edit, our fuck edited out, which is really sad. Um, peace. Uh, it was another Aaron instrumental that Taylor said when she heard it, she, she thought this is what peace sounds like, which I absolutely agree. Every time I hear the instrumental, I think it's like very, peaceful it's super yeah zen it's 5b yeah it is 5b um and i thought it was sweet you know this is one of the moments where i thought aaron desner was a little bit more um human he was talking about like you know the kind of the deal you make with your significant other and like him he was talking about just you know having a history of depression and stuff and being like i hope it's i hope it's worth you know the the bargain of like you're with me and yeah we're going to have some times that maybe are hard to get through but like i hope that overall the deal still works out you know as a positive in some yeah then we get hoax. Um, Taylor says that she thinks the song embodies all the things the album is about, which I don't really know that I agree, although the song does kind of seem all over the place. Like it's got a lot going on and a lot of points made in it, but I don't I don't really know that like Taylor says that she she wrote it with a bunch of different things in mind and asked Aaron if she th- if he thought that that was like you know, would make an okay song. And he said that that's what Matt from the national does, you know, that he brings a bunch of different stuff into one song. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say Taylor try to be writing more like Matt from the national. I hope not. And then we've got a performance of the bonus tracks, the lake, 
the bonus track, The Lakes, um, where Taylor talks about her cottage backup plan, which I guess is just that she'll move to a cottage after this whole thing falls apart, which it never will. She'll make music for the rest of her life. It doesn't matter if it falls apart or not. She's worth like $300 million. But I don't think she's going to stop making music either for like a really long time. Yeah. You know. Did you say 300,000? I said 300 million. Okay. Well, that's the that's the fucking thing. Yeah. And we're about half an hour in, so we definitely have a little bit of time to talk the real the real shit. Let's talk evermore. <laughs> Let's talk about so when we learned about folklore, we were at the beach. We were sitting in bed. Was it when we had just woken up or we were about to go to sleep? We were about to go to sleep. And I saw a post that said, like, oh, Taylor Swift has a surprise album. And I was like, Ethan, did you know about this? Um, And then the same thing kind of happened today with Evermore. So, first of all, someone tweeted at us. Blue Turdlin tweeted at us and said... Yep. He just tagged both of us and said, wow. And I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, what's he talking about? <laughs> um, and then my friend Kate texted me a screenshot. My best friend Kate, Kate, if you're listening, um, texted me a screenshot of a Taylor Swift Facebook post where, I mean, the, the announcement post where she announced it. And I was like, "Is I still, I was like, is this real? So I Googled it and then went to her Facebook and sure enough, it was real. So I was blow-drying my hair and stopped, and I was like, Ethan, did you know? <laughs> he didn't know. Didn't know. That we were like, the, we were freaking out. The tweet we were about 10 minutes late on. Um, I got to just turn on notifications for the damn girl. I mean, if she's <laughs> going to keep doing this output. But she she tweeted, I'm elated to tell you that my ninth studio album, the Folklore and Folklore's sister record, will be out tonight at midnight Eastern. It's called Evermore, all lowercase. Included was a picture of the album cover, which I got to be honest, I like love it. It is her back with the woods in front of her. Um, she has uh, a braided. She's a French braid. French braid, and a like lar- a, a winter wool coat with like a large plaid pattern on it um it it might be my favorite album cover so far that's good um she gave a little background through you know um subsequent tweets about i think it's my favorite album cover too hey babe i love you (laughs) she also shared the the back of it and she said, you know, it's it's 15 tracks. She um, has always been excited. Uh, she has been excited since she was 13 to re- uh, release something on 30, when she turned 31. Yeah. Because it's her lucky number, but backwards. Um, she also said that, uh, you know, there was just in the making of folklore with this new music, this musical kind of family she had with Aaron Desner and Jack Antonoff that just music kept coming when she was working with them. And I'll be, I'm curious to hear whether, you know, she said 
To put it plainly, we just couldn't stop writing songs. And so do you think that when Folklore came out, there was, she knew, I've got enough songs that there's going to be more? I think that they, when Folklore came out, they had already written enough songs to where she was like, and they were in the process of like writing more songs to where they were like, we could do another album. But I also right. kind of think when Folklore came out, they might have been like, let's see what the reaction to this is. To you dropping an album at midnight and announcing it a day before. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I mean, I guess kind of in the current era of pop, pop culture we're in, it does seem like if things don't really hit they go away pretty quickly, yeah. you know. And I'm not saying that this is true for, obviously I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, and, like, so she's been a big part of my life throughout the whole year because of this podcast partially. Mm-hmm. But, like, like Ariana Grande's album came out, and I, I listened to it that day, and that was it. And I feel like I haven't really heard any conversation about it past that yeah you know it definitely wasn't as much of a cultural like moment as right. this and i'm not saying she would be like well that was so unsuccessful i wouldn't release another album this year but it does seem like folklore has continued to be part of the year the conversation about 2020 you know yeah. as we look back on this awful hell year <laughs> um so like i said 15 tracks um, should I read through track titles? Um, honestly, do you think we should? I don't know. There, there are just some interesting ones go, that go ahead. I would, you know, you guys can maybe, it's maybe they're not funny, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you, I thought that the, fo- the track listing for folklore was funny before it came out. Yeah. I, I think that there are a couple songs that have funny titles. Willow. Fine. That sure. will be the single. We'll get a music video for it tomorrow. Champagne Problems. Reminds me of Fall Out Boy. Gold Rush. Death Cab Death Song. Cab. Took me a second. <laughs> Tis the Damn Season. LMAO. Tolerate It. Okay. Nobody, No Crime. Wait, do we think that Tis the Damn Season is going to be like a Christmas season? No. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Nobody, no crime, featuring Haim, which I'm excited to hear Haim do it. But I, or you know, be on the track. But I have to think that that song's just a no woman, no cry feature, or <laughs> cover, right? It's no. got to be <laughs> happiness. I think it's gonna be boring. Haim's boring to me. I don't know why you have to be so mean. <laughs> Sorry. Dorothea is the next one. Dorothet. Coney Island featuring the National. Rachel's not happy about that. That's going to be, I mean. Ivy. These bitches want Ivy. (laughs) Remember that? Wait, I thought that. It's um, a Frank Ocean song. No, but I thought that Ivy said. I thought that I was dreaming when you said you love me. I don't know. That's that song. I thought that the song you were singing was Nike's. 
These bitches want Ivy. <laughs> I thought that I was dreaming. Next song is Cowboy Like Me. Okay. Long story short. Long story short, the walls we crash through. <laughs> Marjorie. Okay. Closure. Okay. And the last album track is Evermore featuring Bonnie Bear. Interesting. Two exclusive to the physical deluxe edition bonus tracks. Right Where You Left Me. And It's Time to Go. Peace. So, I want to I want to talk about a, a couple things before we let everyone just live with the album and we don't make any more predictions on it. Two. Two things. Go, One. Me. Okay. Do you think that there will be anything within the album that expands upon the Betty James story? No, and I don't want there to be. Fair enough. What do, you, what do you think? I don't want there to be, but I have a bad feeling that there's going to be something. Okay. I'm I'm fine with maybe a song or two doing a like passing reference to it. Uh-huh. I really don't want to hear anything more about the actual story of what happened, though. Yeah. Unless maybe yeah. it's kind of like... Um, Nobody, no crime is about like Betty in her fifties coming home and James is has disappeared and <laughs> they think that she killed him and she says nobody, no crime. And then at the end of the song, it's revealed that Betty killed James because he was unfaithful again. <laughs> With Augusta, <laughs> again, Augustine or Augusta. The other thing that I wanted to ask. And I, th- I have my own opinion on this. Do you think that it will have a, you know, she's describing it as a sister record to Folklore. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it will sound very similar to Folklore? And if not, what will be the stylistic difference? Um, I think it will sound pretty similar to Folklore. I think it's going to be... I mean, folklore isn't just necessarily one style, though. I think it might even tend a little bit more towards being actually folksy. This this album? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, The National is Mm -hmm. on it, you know? I mean, I know she's... Time's on it. Yeah, that that wouldn't be, like, folksy, but... um, You know, so I kind of... That's kind of what I think. What do you think? I have a feeling that it's actually going to be a little more poppy. You think? Not, you know, Folklore is still a pop album. It's just a very, like, subdued one. Mm. And I think that this one is going to be slightly more upbeat. Interesting. I would like that. I really don't know what is making me think that other than the fact that the cover is in color this time. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny I think that might think be that the only thing That might be like kind of driving me towards thinking the opposite That it's a little more rootsy Yeah because of the like Rusty colored jacket she's wearing Maybe I don't know it, it will be uh, Mere hours Until we can find out And I am staying up for it I'm, I, I'm gonna stay up for it I'll have a bad day where I'm tired tomorrow But I don't really have anything to do He works from home Except for work <laughs> 
Um, so, yeah, guys, I mean, I hope you've listened to it, and I hope you fucking love it. Tweet us your opinions about it. We want to we discuss. Let's get a discourse going. Um, let's chat. Lay it all on us. I yeah, can't, let I, us know. I'm going to live tweet it tomorrow at work. <laughs> at, at, do you want to give uh, anyone a time if they want to check out when you're live tweeting it, maybe even listen along with you? Um... I mean, who's going to listen? Like, 9? I'll probably get to work at, like, 8.30. Rachel will start live tweeting her Evermore experience around 9 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, any... Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you on the other side. All right. Godspeed. Bye-bye. Bye.